Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Before we kick off this episode of Headstrong, I want to talk to you about my series sponsor, Green Chef. Now, if you're anything like me, you are always on the go and rarely have time to even think about eating healthy, let alone going to the shop, picking out the right ingredients, and then getting home and devoting loads of time to cooking these meals. Luckily, Green Chef are one step ahead. They deliver your ingredients and step-by-step recipe cards directly to your door, making it the easiest and most convenient way to keep healthy eating habits on track. Green Chef offers a wide variety of delicious recipes each week with options including keto, vegan, flexitarian, lower carb and vegetarian diets. Even better, all of these recipes contain one or more of your five a day. What an absolute bonus. Green Chef recipes are developed and approved by qualified nutritionists so you can relax knowing that your meals align with your dietary needs and lifestyle. So, get 40% off your first box and 20% off your next three boxes with the code HEADSTRONG. That's HEADSTRONG for 40% off your first box and 20% off your next three boxes with Green Chef. Hello and welcome to another episode of Headstrong, the podcast. My name is Louis Strong and I'm the presenter of this show. On Headstrong, I sit down with a number of individuals in the public eye to talk to them about their lives and their careers, 
But notably, I want to talk to them about their vulnerabilities to understand what the word headstrong means to them. And to me, it means to believe in yourself, to talk about your vulnerabilities and reinforce your self-worth. Now, joining me on today's episode of Headstrong is former professional rugby player, James Haskell. James and I had a chat about what fatherhood is going to look like to him, his desire to have a little girl, as well as the discussion of gender roles, professional rugby and mental health. It's a really, really great conversation. So I really hope you enjoy this episode of James, thank you so much for joining me on Headstrong. How are we doing? Yeah, very good, thank you. Oh, sorry, give me one second. It's dog. <laughs> sorry, mate. That's all right. What a start. I love it. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> um, firstly, I've got to start with congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, very exciting. Life's what a big day. day. Yeah, very big day. My life's going to change quite dramatically, but... Um, it, it, you know, I'm very excited about it. I think, um, you know, I was never one of these people that was, that was, you know, I think some people marriage and kids is kind of, you know, everything. For me, I, I was sort of very focused on my career and what I wanted to do. But, um, you know, Chloe and I talked about it. You know, I think she's going to be incredible, an incredible mum. And who doesn't want a miniature version of themselves walking around that you can sort of try to make a better version of yourself? And especially as a little girl, you know, I wanted a girl, um over a boy uh and i was i was convinced it was going to be a boy so it was even more of a nice surprise to find out it was a girl that's amazing why why did you want a girl as opposed to a boy um i'll be honest with you i think well uh, i mean i've obviously been around a very masculine environment i went to an all boys all boys schools i mean wellington's girls the last couple of years but yeah um not really and then obviously in a full male dominated environment i think um i think little girls are sweeter I think they're cuter. I think I have a lot of uh, masculine energy in everything that I do and all the people that I surround myself with. And I think having been with Chloe, um, she's made me much more compassionate. And I think also if I was to have a boy as first up, I think there would be the expectation that he would have to play rugby or or do something along those lines. And actually, she, this was Chloe's point, and I think it's actually quite nice. You have a little girl, no expectation on her to... If she wants to be a badass rugby player, she can do what she wants, but I don't, I, you know, I don't think there'll be any pressure on her. And I think it'd be quite nice to have, I wish I'd had an older sister, probably made me more, a bit more rounded. So um, yeah, that, that's my sort of thought process. But again, you know, if you never know what you're going to get, hopefully she looks like her mum and not me. Otherwise she's destined to be a power lifter or potentially <laughs> a catwalk model, but we'll see. We love that. Now, fatherhood is a daunting prospect. I want to talk to you about what, how you feel about fatherhood and what is to come. Uh, do you feel prepared for that? I don't think anyone's prepared for um, parenthood. I think, you know, you can read as many books as you want. You can do whatever you want to do, but um, you'll never know until, until you're actually in it. I mean, I, you know, I've been around, uh, you know, 40 lads every year from the age of six, well, from the age of 17 who have had kids. So I sort of feel like I've gone through quite a lot with, with people in terms of, um, you know, uh, you know, the good bits, the bad bits, difficult children, children with disabilities, whatever it is, and kind of being quite aware of it. So I'm, I'm prepared that it's going to be very hard. I'm prepared that it's going to require sacrifice, and I'm not. I'm going to be very, a lot less selfish than I than I've been. But also, um, I feel confident that I'm pretty adaptable. Um, 
And the point is that you can be the best parent in the world. You can absolutely have an absolute dickhead for, 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 as a kid, or you can be a crack addict and get a Nobel Prize winner. Do you know what I mean? Who who knows? So I think the nature versus nurture battle, all you can do is try your best um, and remember that, you know, <laughs> you, you can't live your life like this, but every interaction you have with your kid can set them on a path. And, you know, we're all the products of our environments and also our parents. And, you know, your parents, every, well, most parents try their best. Um and that's all you can ask for, really. So I'm quite excited by it. I think I'm going to need to soften a bit around the edges and 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 um, kind of see see how things go. You know, I just want to have fun, really, and create memories. I think someone summed that up quite nice. It's not about kind of the gifts you give kids; it's the time that you spend with them. Mm. Um, and I'm quite excited to have a little badass version of Mark. Me, you know, Chloe wants a very sweet little girl. I I kind of want a sweet little girl, but also, you know, if she needs to fill someone in, she can, who's quite funny and confident really, and just wants to have fun, but you just never know what you're going to get. You know, there's genetics play such a big part in it. Yeah, no, for sure. But I have no doubt that sh- that, that, that kid is going to have a wonderful upbringing I hope uh, so. with yeah, you and Chloe. Very, it's going to be awesome. That's very kind of you to say so. I will say there, there is, I, I do have a little bit of fear about kind of, um, the kind of kids we're producing at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, so I'd like to got, talk about this. Yeah. I think we've got, you know, we're getting some, much more emotionally in tune kids, but I think we are creating a massive problem by, you know, I, I don't believe in gender roles, so I wouldn't buy my daughter a mop and bucket kit and my, and my son a calculator and a suit. You know, I don't, I don't, people can be whatever they want to be. And I don't, and I think sexism is alive and real. And I think we need to break those boundaries down and, and understand that anyone can achieve whatever they want to do. I, I think around gender and other bits, you know, I, I'm, you know, I think it's very hard um, trying to be yourself, let alone be something you're not. And I think for people who are, you know, different sexualities, whatever, I, I, I always want people just to be themselves and to be happy. And I think if people, for example, around gender, feel like they are somebody that they're not or they want to be something else, it's absolutely fine. But I, I don't think we can accommodate everybody. And I think that we're now trying to rewrite science and rewrite history and think, and anchor points that give us a guide as to what, you know what masculinity is what femininity is who can have children who can do whatever and it's and it's very hard and as a kid now i think if you talk enough about stuff and present kids enough options they're always going to go with something different and i think mm. it's 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 you know it's very hard because kids aren't stupid you know if you if you start talking about gender and make that a subject and you see kids getting special treatment other kids want to get that special treatment and I think you know kids don't know what they're talking about I mean I'm 36 and I'm talking about and I think that it's very hard you know letting them choose their own names letting them choose their own it's that's for me as a no-go and I think it's very confusing and I think we're trying to progress which is really important and as I said if anyone wants to be whatever they want to be I don't care if you want to feel like being a squirrel crack on but you can't go against what you know evolution and all the and all the bits and pieces and anchor points that we've talked about And and I think we need to be accommodating but I don't think we can, um, you know, go go. You know, we can change everyone to suit everything. We can't. It doesn't work. Society doesn't work like that. You know, we we have to we have to remember that everyone's going through a a human experience in this world, and that they are all experiencing things differently. And we need to let people be who people want to be. But equally, you know, you can't cancel someone else's life because they don't share the same experience as you, and then you can't get really upset because you know someone doesn't accommodate you by then trying to not accommodate someone else. And, um, you know, for me, it's, uh, you know, for me, it's, it's, I'm, I'm concerned bringing up a kid now because it's, it's very difficult. And I think also we're trying to go back in history 
And instead of learning from history, we're now trying to eradicate history and trying to write stuff, pretend stuff didn't happen. We didn't do things. You learn from history. You don't go back and change history. You know, don't go back and go, you know, I mean, I don't know who's got the time in the world to go back and spend all the time looking through all these old TV shows going, that isn't appropriate. That is appropriate. This is appropriate. I'm too busy life. It frustrates me with that as well, because that's a sign of the times. It was made at a time where it was appropriate. So respect it at the time. Yeah, you can't have the, the thought process of it existing in the moment that it did. No, then, no, then, no, then nothing exists. Let's talk yeah. about slavery. Let's talk about apartheid then. And yeah. let's go on to town on that because you can't eradicate yeah. that. No, that's what I mean. And the thing is, it, it, not, we, we, we don't have it now because we learned that it was wrong mm. and we should be humble about the fact that it happened and we should understand it. You can't go around and des- destroy history and pretend it didn't happen. You haven't got a time machine. So, And I don't understand why people... You know, who's got the time to go back and try to do that? Surely it'd be better if we all just tried to be better now and do things better now than going through, you know. And I think it's hard as well. You know, people, the gender thing's a very, very difficult issue. You've got people getting cancelled, like JK Rowling, all these other people. You know, the, the, the simple fact of the matter is that scientifically, only women can menstruate, only women can have children. Now, you know, the people are trying to take away what the de- de- con- the, 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 the construct of what a male and a female is. I, I think if you, Want to be a man? You you still retain that power, but you just can't deny deny the science part of it. So if I was a man, and I want to become a woman, and I change, I'm a woman. We treat as a woman. That's fine. I would accommodate that. You can't say I'm going to have kids because I can't. And, yeah. But then by saying that I can't have kids, doesn't devalue my transition to women. It's and then it's that kind of stuff which I think is very very hard. Um, and I think we're, we're causing ourselves such nightmarish problems. And I think people are so dogmatic about it. It's it's very hard. So I'm scared about that. I'm scared about. Um, social media and the fact that you know we've created i think probably the worst invention in the history of the world um and it's created a whole lot of mental health issues having a girl you know and all the things that that opens up um you know the the world to and things like you know the people that she will look and admire and the, the sort of false idols we've put on who you know will readily you know, change their bodies and do this bizarre stuff to us. And, and then obviously the fact that appearance becomes everything and then you become judged. And already women suffer much more with eating disorders and, you know, stuff already. I just, it's, it's a, I think it's very scary, very hard. And then obviously, you know, the access they have to things and what they, and what they, um, you know, and what the pressures that put on them. It's, it's something I've thought about because I've seen it with my mates and talked about their, you know, going through what they're going through. And I, I, I am worried about that stuff. Obviously, that's not going to be relevant for a, for a long period of time. And hopefully the world, because we're going mm. too far the other way, hopefully we'll come back to something in the middle ground where, where we're sensible. But I, I fear we might not be. Yeah, I mean, I'm working in a school at the moment now with, uh, and they're kind of up to 12, 13. And the exposure from social media, um, but just in, in terms of what they can access compared to when you were growing up and even when I was growing up is ludicrous in yeah. terms of what is able to be accessed. And yeah. so you've got these, uh, even in fact, 10 and 11 year olds walking around with a mind of a 16 year old, but they can't fully understand it anyway. Yeah. Well, it's just, I mean, it's the pornography, like, it's not skate around, it's the access to pornography. It's the yeah. fact that they're all got, they've got, some of them got smartphones, they're sharing photos themselves with each other, not realizing that it's a criminal offence. If I'm 14, you're 14, and I've got a picture of you, it doesn't matter. Mm. Up, you're underage. And obviously the access to pornography, the pressure it puts on women, the, pre- the things that it's, it's changing the way men, like men viewing porn, thinking that that's the way to always behave, and then causing more problems. And, and you know, it's... Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not envious. I, I think it's a very hard place to be, and I think mm. you know, we're only making it harder... Um, and you want, you know, for example, parents, you know, I haven't got kids at the moment, but when we have her, 
yeah. touchwood is you know you want her to be safe so you give her a phone but then you have the penalty of at some point you give her a phone but you know whatever it is you have the penalty of or everything that brings with it and then obviously there is a lot of weird people in the, in the world and a lot of you know i mean I, i'm always astounded by um you know men with kids who you know who creep on chloe or say derogatory things about her or say things to me and you click on their profile and it's like you've got children mate and you've got profile of of children like do you really think your daughter would want you to be speaking to my wife like that or do you think um or if the roles were reversed roles are reversed and also yeah that's what i mean imagine you know do you, what do you think your daughter would like you to i mean it's like that guy who um i don't know if you saw it in the rugby world but it's um this kid um was bullied by what yeah i saw it yeah I saw I, it. I, I, i'll be honest with you i don't think it happened i think it's utter bullshit i think um you know the kid's big you know um i would say not healthy i would say unhealthily big but the kid's mm. big you know it'll, it'll probably change out of it his dad's obviously fishing for stuff, you know, everyone's because they're fucking so desperate to impress people, bending over backwards to, to help him out and jump on his bandwagon. And everyone's doing messages. And then his dad turns out to be a racist. And it's like, you know, I just, I, I just don't jump on any of those bandwagons because I just don't think, you know, I don't, I, I just don't think it's a good, a good idea. But I think now with, with that social media stuff, people just get very, very bothered everyone wants to be seen to be doing the right thing and i just think it's utter shit and i think you know like there are some great causes in there but it's like you know you've got to ask yourself why you know what is the motivation behind somebody trying to tag their overweight child in something so everyone kind of goes and agrees with them and it's like that's the thing with social media there's a lot of affirmation you know in, in a smaller mm. version it's like a woman going on facebook going oh you know i'll never love again and then like, just leaving it and you're like, and people go, what's happened, Sharon? Just DM me. I can't talk about it. It's like, well, you, why did you put it out there? You put yeah, it out there yeah. you want affirmation. You want people to go, what's going on? You, it's, it's, a, it's a human nature. You know, it's, that's why people moan. People moan in a group because they want other people to agree with their moaning and to validate the fact that they're lazy as fuck or don't want to do it. And as soon as I saw that bloke posting pictures, I was like, listen, you're just doing this for a game. And then everybody wants to be seen to be doing the right thing now. And it's just like, and then he turns out to be a horrific racist and then calling other people out. It's like, listen, someone said your kid was fat. You're literally calling out footballers, people calling them horrific words. It's like, bro, you know, how can you expect other people to treat your kid right if you can't treat people right? And I think that's what my, my lesson would be. Just worry about your own shit. Like I saw Piers Morgan today ranting on about something else like I, I don't know why he i know it's his whole shtick about being opinionated but he's so focused and has such opinions on other people when it's like mate just fucking worry about yourself mm. like i think people need to stop criticizing judging attacking people on social media and actually just fucking worry about yourself because as as that kid and that dad is you know it's kids not it's not the kid's fault that his dad's a racist and a, and a thing you know but also he's brought the attention to the kid and it's like I just don't, I think it's counterproductive and it was only done for one thing and one thing only to self-serve, to get the endorphin release, to raise a profile and, and to go, look, look at me, look at me. And it's like, you know, own it if you're going to do it, but don't, you know, don't come out with some story and then don't turn out to be a racist, you know? Yeah. And on that note as well, I mean, obviously you, you played rugby and you're, you as a person anyway, you're a pretty tough guy anyway, and you've got a really good mentality. What's your experience with trolls and how you t- deal with that and tackle that or do you just not care? I know, I know. I, 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 since retirement, I, I'm much more angry than I, I ever was um, playing wise um, because I think I've got some stuff going on. Feel with some, with some other stuff which you know fucks me off. But actually, trolls and wise, tro- stupid patrols don't know that they're um, stupid people don't know they're stupid, right? Which is which is hard, right? And and you can only again talk about your human experience and. 
you know, you're always going to lose against a troll. And actually, I um, started losing money because I would go back and hammer them. Because the weird thing is, you look at a troll and they'd have teeth like burnt fence posts or they were so morbidly obese or they, you know, you just wonder why you look at them and go, listen, you've got bigger problems than what I'm doing for England or what I'm doing with myself or stuff like that. And it's, and they, but they don't know that. They just project outwards because then you look at it and go, oh, you're so uncomfortable and so upset with your own life that you, you have you to project it. Yeah. Project it. And also it's that mob mentality. You know, you take one person out of a mob and present with them what they've done and they're mortified and shocked and say they'd never do that. You put them in this, this arena where they think it's, and they're anonymous and they just act like fucking assholes. And, I was actually going back and hammering trolls and hammering people and hammering, these, and I, you know, like who would attack me and I'd do it tongue in cheek or I'd do it, you know. I had a recent thing with, with some, some uh, they said they were farmers, but they weren't. Uh, it was a long story. It's in my, one of my books, but, and I ended up losing a couple of sponsors over it. And I was like, do you know what? I'm losing money, which is my, you know, my two favorite words are paid invoice. I'm losing sponsors because I have to be better than these people. I, I they, people can say what they want to me, threaten to mm. kill me, threaten to, you know, shoot my dog, shoot, shoot me, burn my house down. But I have to just take it. But that is my, if I want to be in the public eye and I want to take the benefits of that, I, unfortunately, you don't deserve it and it's not an excuse, but I have to take it because I have to be better. So I've just never applied anymore. Not one, I've not replied to anyone uh, who trolls. I mean, I don't get a lot of it anymore, but it's just things like I posted a picture of my, my social media of me doing a scanner with my, I like one of those heat scanners. I wrote twat on the back of it, basically showing that I like it's like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Test, right. And there's people writing, um, you know, people join in with the Yeah, yeah, you are. Yeah. Oh, good. You finally realized. And it's like, no, no, no. It's my joke, dickhead. Like, <laughs> you know, and they, they're just simple minded, stupid people. And well, that's there's, it. There's a great quote from Mark Twain that basically says, never take on stupid people um, because they'll drag you down to their level and beat you on experience. And it's, it's very true. So I just don't do it anymore. I don't care. You know, I think it's very different in person. So if someone's one-on-one with me, I always <laughs> I always tell them what I think if they come up because I, I can't control myself. But in in um, online, I never respond, never reply. Because as soon as it starts costing me money, I just don't care. And I'm not prepared. You know, if you imagine every time you did something bad, you had to give your enemy a grand. That's basically what I was doing. They weren't getting the money, but I was losing it and I just couldn't be bothered with it. So I just suck it up now and move on. And I, and I only post, I literally post, whatever I was going to post anyway and move on because it's business. All I use social media for is business and building an image and PR I control. There's apps I don't lip or, or following like DJs or sit, you know, that's all I'm interested in. I, I just do not give a shit about anything. I don't, there's no, there's no, I don't have any kind of personal interest in it. I don't, I'm just doing it because it's business. Cause I'm trying to promote something, sell something, keep relevant. That's it. I just, I'm not really, you know, I don't even read what people are posting. Sometimes I just do it and get on. Get it's on. just, it's toxic, as you say. As you say, it's one of the worst inventions to ever happen. But it's great for self promotion when yeah. it comes to generating new business and/or maintaining business. <laughs> um, let's talk about school, if we yeah. can. I want to talk about school because. You went, as you said, you went to private school, uh, and to some people that seems very alienating. But to you, it's all you've ever known. What's that experience like of private school? Were you in a bubble? Were you absorbed in that world, or did you feel like you were in touch with what was going on outside of private school? No, I look I, I, up until about the age of fourteen. I'd say I was oblivious to everything. But when I mean oblivious to everything, I, I didn't watch sport. I didn't. Uh, all I was interested in was playing outside, playing army, diggers, you know, at probably 12, 11, 12 girls, um, breeding. 
that's all I was interested in. I just, I was a bit of a real bookworm. This didn't really, doesn't really fit with what you imagine my personality would be like, but I didn't, um, yeah, I wasn't that interested. So, but was I in touch with kind of, um, you know, reality? I think probably about 14, 15, when I started going and traveling and playing much more rugby with different people and different demographics and, mm. and stuff. And yeah, 100%. Uh, I would never describe myself as sort of like a silver spoon no nightmare out of touch public signet ring public school night you know I, I was never like that um i would say that uh have i come up with a privilege because i come from a privileged background yes do i did i know at that point any real hardship no um you know would i you know was i worldly wise in terms of what other people were going through no but i pretty quickly cottoned on i think being around Rugby and, you know, even though people perceive rugby as kind of a, a, a middle-class sport, you know, a lot of that stuff, we work with different demographics, different places, travelling, and I learned pretty quickly how the world works. And um, I'd say I'm much more in tune now, but do I still come from a privileged back? Yes, 100%. Am I in a privileged situation? Yeah, 100%. Um, do I, you know, do I pretend to know what it's like, you know, to be a single mum with absolutely no cash living in a council flat? No, I, I don't. Um you know, one of the people always ask, you know, the stupid question of politicians, you know, how much does a pint of milk cost? How much does a pint of cost? Well, you know, it's one of those things. I, if you need milk, you go and buy the milk. Like, it doesn't matter what it costs. If you, if you can't, you, either, you, either, you can either buy it or don't buy it. It's like, you know, is it two quid for, a, you know, or something for a, or fifth, 80p, whatever the hell it is. It's it's one of those things where people ask stupid questions. Like, it's like, well, I, if I need a pint, if I need a pint of milk, I'm going to go buy the pint of milk. It doesn't matter. And if I, I you know, what it costs if I need it. It's the same thing with, you know, fuel prices. People would get very head up about fuel prices and it's horrific and it's, you know, people can't afford it. But the reality is you've got to fill your car up. So what, if you can't fill it up, you can't fill it up. If you fill it up, you fill it up. It's, it's fucking, it's like, it's like one of those things, isn't it? Well, let's not talk about fuel prices though. Cool. Yeah. yeah, but that's what I mean. But it's one of those yeah. things. Yeah, no, 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 I know. So I go to garage, I go, fuck me, that's awful. But you've still got to fill the car up as you can't fill the car up. And well, exactly. You've got no choice. But then what do you like? Then you, you know, you can't, I mean, it's such a it's a horrific thing, but that's the reality of life. It's like, you know, if you can't do it, you've got to find a way to do it. And if you still can't do it, then you can't do it. And that, and it's and it's so harsh, but it's like, you know, it's like if I couldn't fill the car up, then I tried to think about what I could do if I need yeah. the car to cancel and do everything else. It's like, could I work harder? And, I, and then I think that the we're having a crisis of uh, crisis, sorry, price, oh, what the fucking expression is. Um, cost of living crisis right it's going to happen obviously now and it's like you know i just you see these people working three jobs and they just still get can't afford and it's it's horrific but it's it's you know and it's those people that i've just admire who who they don't sit and moan they 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 work three jobs still bring up kids put for dinner on the table they're like the real heroes who sort of do get life and they're in such a grind it's horrific i don't have that at this point in time Mm. I'm aware of it and appreciate it, but it's just one of those real harsh realities. It's like if I want something, I can't have it. I can't have it, and I, uh, you know, and I and I try to work out what I can do to to make it to make it better and change it. You know, for sure. Let's talk about. Um... I'm conscious of time, so let's talk about rugby as an elite sport, as a professional sport, and the demands of something like that. You've had you had an illustrious career. We can go into depth about that, but what I want to talk about is the strains of what it does to somebody now, because we talk about how big guys are now how fast people can run now uh, how fine-tuned gym regimes can be how well you can look after your body and people are still um <laughs> becoming injured and not being able to play 
At what point does rugby become too dangerous or do we need to make something like scrum caps compulsory or do you actually not see any of these kind of things? Uh, I, I think, look, um, the, the first the first thing to understand is could we do more to look after players? Yes. Do players overtrain? Yes. Do clubs overtrain them? Yes. Is the schedule, schedule too busy? Yes. Um, do they need to be doing contact and training? No. So those are the first things. Uh, is rugby a safe game? No. Will it ever be a safe game? No. Is boxing safe? No. Is cage fighting safe? No. It's a combat sport. Both of them, contact sport. Is NFL safe? No. You know, they're never they're never going to be safe. Can you look after players better? Yes. Can you look at the rules to make them better? Yes. But it's like asking a boxer to punch slightly more gently. It's never going to happen. If you play rugby, the expectation is that there may be some injury. You know, if I was a kid, would I let my kids play contact sport yeah 100 would is there a risk yeah but there is a risk in everything you know what i mean um it, it, there's measured risk controlled risk but that's that's life and and you know i would let my kid play rugby if she wanted to i would let her play box if she wanted to you know i kind of want to get her into gymnastics jiu-jitsu and a team sport i think it'd be amazing you know yeah, I think I, that's what i'd like now now everyone has grand plans she might absolutely not want to play anything she might have limitations mean that she can't do anything i don't i don't we don't know but i would say that that's what i would want to do and i think rugby is a fantastic sport because it teaches you um a to be fit to use your body to play for something more important than yourself when you train you go through a bit of hardship which you know most people in normal life don't get and i think it, i think it has a real benefit um would I understand there's risks of, of getting hurt? Yes. Do I want, you know, well, as soon as my little see my daughter and, you know, I'm like, I never want anything bad to happen to her. So I may change my opinion. Mm. But, you know, you know as, you, as you said at the beginning, you don't know how you're going to feel and, and what they're going to be like as well. Yeah, but I would, yeah. But I would say that, uh, you know, there are lots of things rugby can change to do, but it's still a contact sport. Stop trying to fuck around with it. Look at everything else around it and you'll and you'll understand it. Because, you know, people have played for a long time without without having issues, you know? Yeah. So looking at the other side of it then, because being a mental health natured podcast, I want to talk about that in an international setup and a club setup. Yeah. I imagine over the past few years, there's been infrastructural changes in place to help that. I know from an RPA perspective, there is in terms of coming out in, into retirement, but for existing players, to your knowledge, uh, towards the back end of your career, and obviously with Joe Marler coming out and, and multiple rugby players talking about it, what's the infrastructure yeah. like within teams to maintain and preserve mental health? So I'd say, um, you know, I've always addressed my mental health from the age of 17 to, um, to now. You know, I have always, uh, you know, speak, spoken to someone and, you know, I didn't have mental health issues, for example, like Joe Marler has, but I have I had, you know, issues around my confidence, issues around performance, issues around lots of things, right, that I needed to... Um, needed to address and it's a constant work in progress and people don't understand that mental health is not dealing with the problem mental health is like building muscles in the gym you're you're you working a muscle you're training a muscle you're building a, you know you're building something and looking after something which controls everything you do and people just underestimate that if i said you could you know run faster if you want these trainers you would bite my hand off if i said you could change how you address everything relationships confidence dealing with stress sleep whatever it might be by talking to someone most people wouldn't do it because their vision envisaged you have to be on a chaise long talking to someone with a clipboard you know crying about how someone you know touched you when you were a kid it's not how it it's not how it works and so um for me it was always very important i would say that it was an afterthought if not something that anyone ever did um and i would say i was there probably in every team 
there was maybe one or two of us. Latterly, people have started to explore it. I'd still say rugby is very backward. I would say that a lot of the coaching people don't mm-hmm. believe in it from a performance point of view or don't see it, but um, they're getting better. Players are starting to get better, but I would say a majority of them don't do it, don't do what they're supposed to do or don't see it as that valuable. I think the RPA with will restart, I should say, which is which is different. Yeah. It, it, um, it's provided an anonymous um, hotline number, which is cons- for, for current players and is has genuinely saved players' lives who who, who were on the extreme end thinking about committing suicide. Um, they help help people all the time with um, those issues and that facility is there and they've stopped a lot of people doing a lot of silly things. Um, and so that is something there. And it's, you know, the hard thing from my point of view is restart is for a period, well, it's, it's self-funded. And, you know, that costs about 70 grand a year to manage that mental health stuff. And a lot, you know, we have about 50, 60 players a year are using it. Um, and those are the ones that are brave and forward thinking. Obviously, a lot of people don't, A, think they've got a problem and maybe exhibiting it in different ways. You know, you saw with obviously Wayne Rooney, you know, in football, he was drinking and struggling in a house. You know, he, and nobody addressed it. Mm. So I'd say it's a massive thing. I think people need to do much more about it. I think rugby in general needs to do much more about it. But I think it's getting better, you know. What's the role of the captain then and the coach with that? Is it the responsibility of the captain and coach to say actually to lend lend a helping hand? Because what you were saying there is it seems like for, uh, for some coaches, it's out of sight, out of mind problem. Yeah. Mm. I'd say that coaches, um, look, if a coach has no experience of doing it himself and men are not notoriously not very good at speaking about their problems, mm. not very good at understanding that they could be better. Um, and again, it's not about, I think mental, people get confused with mental health is not about having problems. Mental health is just, you know, it's Experience. like, your, it's, it's like your nutritional health. It, it's the same thing as your mind. Your mind, you know, does everything. I, I don't, I go and le- I've learned lessons and tools that I use every single day to help manage all manner of things. And what people forget about mental health and speaking to someone is, is that it doesn't mean you're never going to have a bad day. It doesn't mean that you're never going to struggle. It doesn't mean that you're not going to feel shit. What it means is that when you do, how do you get back on task? How do you manage it? How do you identify what you're feeling? How do you address it? How do you catch yourself in going down a, a certain route? Um, how, you know, how do you, you know, so that's, so I think that's really important. I think coaches who, who have no experience of it, I think struggle, you know, how can you talk about something you don't relate to? Um, but they, you know, they have to set the agenda and have to understand that if you're in a high performance environment, you know, the one tool that we haven't really tapped into is our mind. If everyone's eating the same, training the same, being as fit as everybody else, doing everything else, it would, um, you know, what is the margin? What's the difference? Well, the difference will be the mental side. And that's what you're seeing now, you know, the teams that can, you know, uh, can address the mental side of stuff, um, and be consistent and get out of, um, you know, bad headspaces quickly, how to come, you know, deal with losses, how to change things in the moment, how to control themselves are the ones that are successful. And I think, uh, yeah, that's fine. I think, look, captains, the role of a captain is overplayed. I think um, mm. a lot of the time, you know, it's, you have multiple different leaders. I think you do have rare, very strong captains who manage and do everything. But a lot of times in rugby, because personalities are being diminished, because lads, all they know is rugby and they don't have necessarily aren't that worldly wise. It's much more a teacher-pupil relationship with coaches and people. So, you know, the days of a strong Martin Johnson or a, or a 
you know, Lawrence Delalio or, uh, you know, even, um, you know, I think like someone like Richie McCord, these guys are sort of mm. a thing of the past. I thought Dylan Hartley was probably one of the last captains I experienced who really dictated what happened, but, you know, and, and, and really sort of managed the team and sort of set standards. But other than that, I don't, I mean, I think Owen Farrell probably does it to a bit, to an extent when he was in the rest of the guys. I don't, I don't know. You know, I think someone like Tom Curry, for example, with England is much more a, follow me and lead by example bloke than somebody who would be managing the minutiae of everything else. Cause I, you know, I just think that's the way it goes. Yeah. I, I can understand where you're coming from now. I want to talk about personal experience then from uh, going from professional sport to retirement. And then also your experiences uh, during lockdown with your own mental health, because y- you probably found it very, very difficult to stop. Um, particularly with lockdown, and I know transition from professional sport with restart, there is uh, some help with transition there. But you you had some personal um, experiences with your own mental health with, with lockdown, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I mean, I think um, so. I um, you know, I, I, look, I actually didn't stop. I mean, I, I had moments where I mm. sat down and was like, you know, what am I doing? Because everything I I, I everything I think was with everything I deal with was public facing. So, um, you know, I don't really, um, I didn't have anything to do per, per se, but actually, you know, I went and, you know, caught myself pretty quickly. And I think <laughs> on this note, again, this fits into everything I've said about, you know, we're very vocal about stuff now. Um, and actually there's two lessons talk without action is nothing. So, you know, doing, you know, just talking about your problems and actually making no changes and moaning about it is never going to fix anything. So, you know, mental health only works if you make a difference. Uh, I think the other issue is that people label things now readily. But again, we're going too far the other way. So, you know, I sat down in lockdown and I had a couple of days where I was like head in hands. Like, what the fuck am I doing with myself? What am I, you know, what's going to happen? What, you know, and it doesn't mean I had depression. And I was having a bad day. I was like, mm. well, I'm having a bad day. I, you know, what am I going to do? Chloe, you know, Chloe, we luckily have, you know, one of the other things is surround yourself with, with good people who, who understand you. And she was like, look, you know, this is what you do. This is what you like to, you know, let's write a list of what, what things you're doing and go away and do it. And I was, you know, I ended up uh, editing books, setting up a, a, a podcast, a production company, doing DJ live streams. I, I did it and I got back, back on track. Didn't mean I had depression. You know, if I'm nervous before, you know, going to speak in front of a group of people, I don't have social anxiety. I'm nervous. And we're trying to label and, and control natural human emotions. And it's getting stupid. Like there are a lot of people out there with a lot of these actual problems, but being nervous, scared, uh, worried about how you look, um, you know, not thinking you look great in great shape, having a bad day. It doesn't mean, you know, you're depressed, body dysmorphia, anxiety, social anxiety, you know, I mean, people used to be worried. Now everyone's got anxiety. And it's like the actual anxiety is where you're, you know, your heart rate races, you can't think, can't speak, you know, have an absolute meltdown. You know, Chloe t- talks, that she's proper, got proper anxiety at times. You know, pe- just being worried about stuff's not, not anxiety. So we've sort of got ourselves into a spot of bother now where we're labelling stuff all the time, which is, you know, which is frustrating. Yeah, and as you say as well, surrounding yourself, having that support bubble, but also having someone who's actually in tune with what they're going through. Chloe, Chloe when I talk to Chloe, she's so switched on. Yeah. She know, And she well, quite literally knows her shit. Yeah, um, she's far more intelligent than I am. In terms of maintaining it then for you, you love to work. I know that you've got your book, your book coming out. You've got your podcast, which are epic. You're touring. Uh, you're always doing business and stuff. But when do you give yourself time uh, to make sure that, because I know you enjoy work, but you have to enjoy yourself and your own personal time. When do you allow that to happen? And do you think with the family coming that that's an opportunity to change perspectives? 
Yes, I mean, look, Chloe. I mean, look, I've always struggled to switch off. Um, I'm a bit of a workaholic. You know, we've we've talked a lot about um, you know what it looks like when we have um, our daughter in terms of you know, and, and I look, I want to be fully involved. Will I need to structure my life and get better balance? Yeah, of course I will. Um, you know, are we both guilty of sort of overworking and allowing us to you know to constantly sit there? Yes, but I think you know I've identified you know what we enjoy is going for food you know we enjoy we enjoy that we enjoy kind of experiences and stuff so i think when we get you know when we have her it will be it will be slightly better and you'll have to make those time because you won't you'll be sleep deprived you will be tired you will be all over the place and you know chloe will need a lot of support as will you know as will our daughter so um i'm kind of quite yeah i'm quite prepared to do that really and get that balance right and it did you know I think it does. I can't tell you what it's going to look like now because I don't know. But you know, when she's born, I've taken all you know, a month off and a couple of weeks. But then, obviously, I earn by doing very different things, and it mm. requires me to to travel at times. So it's it's going to be a fine balancing act. And will I get it right? Always no. Will I endeavour to do it? Yeah, because I want to support my wife and baby. You know, for sure. Uh, I've got two final questions. Then yeah. first one, I know it's next year, World Cup twenty twenty three. First thoughts? Yes. Uh, it's going to be utterly mega. France are in an incredible um, position. I think they're going to be amazing hosts. We're going to be there as good bad rugby. Um, we're going to have an absolute tear up over there, I imagine. How, how, do you, how, how are we faring at the moment? I know that when this comes out, Six Nations will be going on still, but how, how, how do you think the first two games are gone? Yeah, look, I mean, um, I think England were unlucky. I thought Scotland a very good side and they've now got stars across the board. So I think it was good that they, you know, they got the win. I think England were, were unlucky for whatever reasons. I think it's good to see them back Beating Italy, um, yeah. I'd say that France look incredible and are obviously the side, mm. side to beat. Um, Ireland, I thought, were, were unlucky. They're also hitting some real good form. You know, I mean, look, it's going to be, the, it is certainly uh, the way I think rugby is going to continue. It's, apart from Italy, every other team is very, very close, can beat each other. Um, and I, I think we're in a really good place and the game's been very exciting. They've all had a few, you know, uh, low point finishes you know the difference only being a couple of points I think that's going to carry on there may be some bigger scores at times but it's not going to be it's not going to be massive and I think um, you know someone's now going to get their party ruined potentially um, you know someone's going to maybe pick off France but I, I think to be honest with you they're, they're heading for a grand slam yeah nice um, my final question is what does the word headstrong mean to you um, I think that, well headstrong for me is you consistently working on your ability to deal with what life throws at you and it's not about being motivated because that's very transitory headstrong is the ability to um identify change and adapt very quickly and and be in control of what you're doing um and have some real resilience so when shit gets hard you've got tools to manage it when shit's really good you don't get carried away um you know, and that when you, you know, you understand you've got life, you know, you, you pretty much understand that life is no one's going to ride over the hill to save you. You've prepared to work on yourself and save yourself. And that, and that for me is, is all you can ever ask for. It doesn't mean you're going to have an easy life, but it means that you might be able to handle shit and be in control, you know, and, you know, just as you want to be body strong, you need to be headstrong. For sure. Absolutely. You've got to train your mind and your body. James, I've really enjoyed chatting to you. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, congratulations once again and have a fab 2022. Thanks, mate. Speak to you soon. Cheers. And so that concludes another episode of Season 7. Thank you massively to James Haskell. I've now had both Chloe and James on the podcast, and I'm forever grateful to them both for joining me on the podcast. 
Thank you to you, the listener, for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode and found the conversation engaging. If you did, please do leave a review, a rating, subscribe. It really does mean a lot. Join me next week for another episode of Headstrong. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.